0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to day 18 of the 7 AM Novelist March, March Writing Challenge. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Today, we have Daryl Suarez, and he'll be talking with us about developing a sociocultural context in your work. Good morning, Daryl.
1: Good morning, Uh, Michelle. Excited to talk to you.
0: Good morning, thank you so much for being with us. Dariel Suarez was born and raised in Havana, Cuba. He's the author of the novel, The Playwright's House, a finalist for the Rodolfo Anaya Fiction Award and the Massachusetts Book Award and the story collection, A Kind of Solitude, winner of the Spokane Prize and the International Latino Book Award for Best Collection of Short Stories. Dariel is an inaugural City of Boston Artist Fellow and the Education Director at Grub Street. All right, Daryl. So I, I asked writers, come to me with the craft subject that you're most you're most excited about um, in teaching and talking about when you talk to, to writers about writing. And this Daria was really passionate about tr- developing a sociocultural context in your writing. So why is this so important? Why is it so important to you? Why is it so important in general? And and how do you do it?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um I think for me, what's funny is I I'm I'm aware that the term itself uh you know social cultural context sounds very serious uh, or it can sound very serious and i also think that it often sounds to folks and, it, and, and to me as well as almost like an external thing that you like bring to your writing or something that you're it's like an add-on right you have like writing is often about character about conflict about these things that we sort of ground ourselves in um but i i've tried to sort of bring myself to a place where I don't think of social cultural context as an add on but something that is pretty much in every work um whether we think of it consciously or not and so to me what it means is it's however you use uh place time um it could be the identity of your characters uh it could, you know all the decisions that you make in your writing whatever it is uh you are basically. Um, giving them something that is attached to something else. Meaning once you decide on the identity of a character, there's a lot of possibilities that you can explore just based off that identity. The same with place, the same when when the story is set uh, or the, or the or piece of writing is set. Um, and oftentimes what I try to do in conceiving a story, whether you're planning it or whether you're drafting it or just exploring your, your writing, um, is to think of social cult- cultural context as opportunity, opportunity for exploration, for conflict, for layering. So it could be what your character does for a living. It could be, you know, that is attached to a world, right? To, to whatever world you're creating. Even if it's like a sci-fi world, uh, there are always things that are attached to each other. So the person attached to, to their surroundings. And what that does for me is, it allows me to sort of keep asking these kinds of questions of, okay, if I choose this place, what is it about this place in relationship to the characters that that is interesting to me and that really matters? Are there historical things that I wanna explore? Is there a particular time that is set in that I wanted to set it in for concrete reasons? Do I need to go and do some research? And uh, oftentimes the answer is yes to some of these things. And I think instead of thinking of it as extra work or maybe a rabbit hole that might not lead anywhere, I think of it as an opportunity to really expand the life of a character, and a lot of what you are going to think about and look for may not end up in the work itself. You're not going to have to, you know. Oftentimes, people think of context as just these like tidbits that you add, you know, or these paragraphs of context or these explanations. Which, you know, in in a novel, as an as an example, that can be the case or a nonfiction book, but it doesn't always have to be that. Again, it could just be that decision you're making about what the character does for a living and how it attaches to the main plot or to their conflict or to you know, what they're after, et cetera. So I think just being conscious that society and culture, however we think of those things, actually impact who our characters are, the place that they live. And to instead of keep it the, the lens narrow, because I think when we write, oftentimes we are, for the most part, often in a more narrow space, especially if character is sort of the lens. Uh, we're in their head, there are scenes, there's dialogue. If, if it's nonfiction, we're, we're also trying to make it as concrete and, and specific as possible. Um, but just having those other things can allow you to bring them in through, even through the dialogue or even through some of the scenes um, in ways that are interesting. So I just, I just think of it as not keeping the story always in a narrow space, uh, even if it feels that way, even if you're in scene in the moment, there are all these other elements that could be at play um, that you could take advantage of, but you need to consciously, I think, um, go after them and at least ask the question, you know, uh, I, I, have I interrogated and I've often read books that are really fascinating and, and character driven that could have used, uh, more layering that could have used ex- a more expansive approach. I think could have taken more risks. Uh, it is harder to do. It is asking more of the writer. But that's where uh, reading a lot of international literature for me, it's an example of where I tend to find more of that sociocultural context in, in literature, generally speaking, obviously I'm generalizing, but um, because I think just inherently um, there isn't this approach of like always just grounding in character. It's this idea that the character is a vehicle for a world versus uh, the character is the principal thing that we're engaging with. Um, so anyway, I know that I've said a few things, but... That's kind of the way that I think about it. It's, it's just inherent in the work, whether we are thinking of it or not. And even if it's not on the page or even if you hadn't included or you didn't even think about it, a reader might actually, some readers might actually have certain questions about things that you could have done, um, you know, to make the, the, work, the, the story more exciting or to make the narrative more engaging or more ambitious, more expansive and things like that. So anyway, that's, that's a way that I try to approach my work.
0: Yeah, um, and I think yeah. it's important you say like it's 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 already innate, it's already there. So you have to be do you have to be conscious about it and and probably be more responsible to it. Because I think sometimes we write these things, and particularly if we're writing from our own culture, we might make um some assumptions about our readers or some assumptions about our culture. So I I my first two books took place in the Midwest, and I was very surprised when I brought the books to audiences how they responded to the books. And in both both books, they thought my characters were just you know, awash in in, you know, poverty and misery. And I'm like, no, that's that's kind of the way everyone lived back then. Um, so so, but it, it meant that,, um, I, th- I think the, the problem is if you don't interrogate it and if you aren't more conscious of it from the get-go and you, and you create a kind of thin context, you're going to see the problems with that when you bring it to, to readers um because they're not going to have the fullness of that world that they really need to understand what's going on yeah and well particularly, that, yeah particularly yeah. if part you to write about other cultural contexts
1: right well there, there's you know you're fit on two of the things that I that I sort of also wanted to talk about one is audience I think, you know, we, we often take our audience for granted. And I think particularly in the U.S., we have a tendency to think of whatever we've decided to write about as, a, as some sort of the fault or center, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are a million novels set in New York, you know, there are a million novels, you know, set in New Hampshire or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't explore or at least think about the specificities that, for a different reader who's not familiar, who who, who is not thinking of that as a default or a center, um, they might want to engage and learn about it. And again, you don't have to use everything, you don't have to, it doesn't mean that everything I write will have some level of social cultural context that you can like point to. But I think just asking those kinds of questions, it's almost freeing because it's about opportunity. Sometimes we're stuck in our narratives or we're stuck in our stories and oftentimes That could be a vehicle to get unstuck because you've hit on something, you find something um, that could be a plot point or it could be a conflict point or could be uh, something that you want to research and bring to the reader in your book. And um, So I think that audience and not taking that audience for granted in a way and always inherent, I think it's good and healthy for a writer to think that you're writing for a very diverse audience, for a very complex world. You're writing for a very intelligent reader, ideally a reader who's more intelligent than you are. And so in order to really, I'm always writing for the smartest person I can find, right? And, and, and that's scary because what does mm-hmm. that mean, right? Um, and I think it just means, I just wanna show that you can trust me and that I've done enough thinking and I've done enough exploration and enough research to bring you something that is going to be interesting, that is going to engage and surprise you maybe in ways that I was surprised, right? Cause that's the other piece of it. It's what you can do with this social cultural context is you're gonna surprise yourself about the, the possibilities, about the things you hadn't thought of because all of a sudden you, you are asking these questions. And so anyway, it's just a way to maybe engage a, a readership that you hadn't expected to engage. And, yeah. and then those kinds of questions you get from readers um, will make a lot more sense, I think, after a while so that you're not taking, you know, something like poverty or whatever. Not everyone has that experience. And I think it is, it is and, and also what poverty might look like in the Midwest, and even within that, in certain areas of the Midwest, I'm sure might differ yep. from the way that I grew up poor, you know? And so, right. and then there are gonna be overlaps as well. And the more you explore, there might be actually, that's another thing, there might be points of connection across cultures and across different readers and identities that you hadn't expected, because you've dug in, because you've made it specific, because you've realized as a social cultural context of that place that we might take for granted because maybe we're familiar with it, um, all of a sudden a reader might connect in a way um, that's more specific because you've done the work to make it specific, to show it as something specific, uh, and not necessarily shy away from it in a way. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be didactic. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have, and that's another element of how you do it. But um, Anyway, that's to me, the audience is a big part of it, too.
0: Well, it's just it's kind of the same as world building, isn't it? Or is that is that a is that a a bad way to to associate? I mean, you're building that world for the for the reader.
1: Yeah, it it is it is a form of world building, and for your characters, I mean that's the other thing. I also think of social cultural context for my characters. They they want I want to challenge them right. I don't want to make it easy for them. If they make a mistake, and to pay for it. Um, and a lot of the times, those mistakes could be interpersonal, but they could also be in a social cultural context, right? It could be uh, related to power dynamics. It could be related again to what they do, uh, the world that they live in. Um, and I think again, in, in other places like, you know, and I think for me, obviously growing up in a place like Cuba, because the politics are in, sort of infused into your daily life. And it's like, you know, you've gone to school is looking at the banners and all the sayings and you you sort of learn that that's just life. You know, that's sort of, you, 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 you tune it out. Some people do, or I did as a kid, but, um, but, but as a writer, I realized that, yo, yeah, that kind of shapes your sensibilities it shapes who, how you think about the world. It shapes how you think about yourself. Uh, you kind of have to take a side, you know, and then there's certain things uh, depending on your class, depending on gender, depending on race, depending on your family, et cetera. Those things determine oftentimes who you are and how you act and the decisions you make. And I think just, again, you don't have to use everything and you cannot use everything. But if you start to interrogate that, you create that world for your character. You build out that world for your character. Um, and again, you might surprise yourself about the kinds of details you can use, the kinds of even devices, uh, the plot devices, uh, conflict devices you can use. Um, and I just think it's, it's like a, it's almost like having a toolbox, you know, in addition to all the craft things we are taught and learn, um, just thinking about those other elements, you know, what is, what is culture in this world that I'm writing? What is the, if I ask that question, what, if anybody in that place that I'm writing about, you tell them what is your culture, how would they interpret that? And is there any way to, to play with that, um, uh, without even having to name it um, in a way, right, because it's another thing that it's, it, it can be inherent to the characters, uh, but the readers, the smart readers will pick up on those things, and so I think um, for me is, it's, yeah, you want to build a very layered world for 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 your reader.
0: Yeah, and so how have you done this in your own work?
1: Yeah, for um, me, it's...
0: Have you, have you, in some of your early work, did you have, did you hit against some some issues? You're like, oh, I'm not... I'm not doing this enough? Or has it always been kind of natural for you? And how have you you kind of developed it for yourself?
1: Yeah, no, it was not there early on. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I mean, early on, I'm just trying to figure out how to write a scene, you know, how to write two people talking to each other. And I'm trying to, you know, even in my early stories that I started to send out, I think some of them were not, you know, I, I don't think all of them were bad. I think there was some good stuff in there. But I think, um it was narrow again I felt narrow looking back in in the sense that I obviously wasn't pushing myself as much as I could it's just that I didn't know how to yet but once I got to a certain stage once I decided to write a collection set in Cuba I think that opened things up for me because then I realized well how much do I know this place that I grew up in and I realized in some ways a lot in some ways not much and so uh, once I started to ask those questions the flood of story ideas that came to me was huge and I realized oh this is a great place to go for stories because um, all of a sudden I'm reading newspaper articles I'm talking to family members I'm watching documentaries and then I'm learning things about details and I'm like oh that's a story I, I could turn that into something you know even I was playing in a band and I'm like, talking to the bass player who was Cuban and he told me his story and, and playing in bands in Cuba and I'm like there's a story there and then that became one of the stories in my collection and, and I yeah. changed it you know and he was not you know main characters it's a singer female singer and all that but again the idea the seed of it you know and, and just to give a very concrete example. He tells me an anecdote about, oh, I w- he was in this band in the 80s in Cuba, and they were going to do a concert. And it was a festival in, in, in one of the provinces. And they had thought about because they were kind of a dark kind of like Alice Cooper type of a theatrical band. And they were thinking, do we bring a guillotine on, on stage? Like, they will have to build it out, get a carpenter, you know, they don't have the tools, it's Cuba, you know, but but can we build a guillotine, bring it on stage and do some kind of Uh, show, but politically, they were worried that given the crowd that tended to go to uh, metal and rock concerts in Cuba, the people would start yelling something like, you know, Fidel's head, you know, whatever, like they would make it political in a way that would get them in trouble. And they were, you know, they were, they wouldn't be against it, but they also didn't want to get in trouble. So anyway, they tried they started building it. they ended up not building the thing so what i did was i heard that story and i was like oh i'm gonna write a story and of course they're gonna build it and of course it's gonna go on stage and of course they're gonna yell something and then the police is you know that story ends with the police rushing the stage as the band is sort of like um doing the song with the guillotine on stage so that's an example of something that is very political and very specific or whatever. And then you use it as a device and it ended up being a very visual thing to use. And to, to, you know, it was a great challenge to write a scene of a band on stage and this guillotine and this audience and the police. And, uh, and, and, and it is still about the characters. The story is still about the band and about the interpersonal relationship between the band. But again, just an example of like thinking through talking to people, um, it just opens up the, the, the ideas for you. And I still have a lot more to write. Um, but, but I, but that's kind of the way that I've approached it is just, I'm just incredibly and endlessly curious about the people and the places that I'm writing about. So it's not enough for me to think about uh, a relationship or, you know, or a connection between family, or um, I'm always thinking about that plus four other things. And the four other things often have to do with the place that I've chosen and Cuba is such a, you know, you say Cuba is a broad thing, but within Cuba, there's a million different places that would have a million different stories and, and, and differences between those people. So, uh, so anyway, that, that's, that's an example of something that like, does an anecdote turn into a, it actually there up being a 40 page story. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is, so this is important for writers who might just assume that people know the context that they're writing from, um, which can be very, very dangerous. Um, And again, in my own work, I've always kind of resisted um, those kinds of assumptions or or naming of places or naming of of streets and assuming that my reader will be conscious of them or know them. I think some, some writers on the East Coast, particularly if you're in New York, everyone knows that street. Well, not if they live in the Philippines, you know, so, (laughs) um, Making sure that that context and that world is innate in the book—it's it, it, actually within the book. Um, the book carries it and and carries the atmosphere and environment of that, and that you're responsible for that has always been important to my own work. Well, what about for writers who? Let's see if I can articulate this correctly. Who are might be pressured in their writing classes or with editors and something to oh you need to explain this world more or we don't get this world or that sort of thing because there's also there can be an assumption by some writers that they're supposed to be your reader and they don't get it and so you have to explain it i mean is that how how do you negotiate that because you can choose your reader right you be like you can be like well you're not my reader
1: yeah. I think it depends on, I think at, at that point, what you want to do is it, it's sort of an exercise of um, the why's. I, I call it the why's like, why yeah. do I need to explain it, right? What's missing? It's it's a yeah. confusing, right? And if it is confusing, what about it is confusing? So are there gaps? Are there things that leaps that the reader is not be able to connect? Because you don't, you're not going to have everything on the page, obviously. I think right. when people say you need to explain this, you need to show this, you need to contextualize this or whatever, I think that what they're often saying is there's something here that isn't clicking and I'm and i and I'm having a hard time following. And then you have to decide how much work you've done to make sure that those connections are clear. Um, have you contextualized enough? Have you shown enough? Have you even told enough? Cause I think in, obviously in books you can tell. I mean, people are afraid of telling yeah. in the US for whatever reason. I love telling just, you, you could do it really well, but um, yeah. And I think that at that point, you want to do some of the exercise. You can ask questions. You can, well, What is missing? What, what are the elements um, and, who, and who am I doing it for and why am I doing it? Right. Um, and I think in a way, um, you know, what you don't want to do is pander. I mean, you don't want to explain like I'm not going to explain the history of Cuba. I'm going to explain uh, to everybody what like a cultural house is in Cuba. But what I can do is if I if I choose to include what well, in Cuba we call it a cultural house or Casa de la Cultura, I need to contextualize it in the story in a way where it's not going to confuse my reader. Because if my reader is sitting the whole time there thinking, what the hell is a culture house? Um, you know, they're not going to be able to get through the piece. I don't need to give them the whole story or what it is, or do this arbitrary, like very unartistic of like a cultural house, you know, or have a character explain it in dialogue. But what I can do is just show you what people do in there. You know, if I'm going to use it, like use it. And so um, to me, that's another way where you can sort of invite the reader in across cultures and across you know uh, and like you said like not take things for granted and assume everybody knows um, yeah What again what you don't want to do is do it for to just to make the reader lazy in a way you also don't want to give them everything so it's a push and pull sometimes I mean there are times in which I felt like I don't necessarily need to contextualize or translate or explain something because it is yeah. in the context and it is already there and a smart reader will pick up on it and it's not a game for me I'm just like it's just unartistic to try to explain it. I see people translate what they write all the time in, in fiction. And I'm like, that's terrible because it, the prose just goes to. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's that is the idea. The idea is um, if you do that work beforehand, those questions will probably not be, um, you won't encounter them as much from a reader.
0: Right. Uh, but that, but that's another prepared, point. Yeah. You'll be prepared for them if you do encounter them.
1: Yes. And you'll know, um, you'll know, yes, I've already done this work. This is the line for me. This is yeah. why. Is there something we can discuss here to see if it is not working for you individually or if it's something that a readership it's going to have an issue with? Um, and you tend to solve those issues. I, again, it's just being grounded. I think people who struggle is they haven't done the thinking. And now they're going to go one or two ways. They're going to get very defensive and be like, I don't want to do all that work. Or they're yeah. going to say, um, oh, my God, I got to explain everything. I got to redo this whole thing.
0: Right, right. So when you are in the classroom with your students, what kind of, what kind of steps or guidance do you give them in order to develop uh, a sociocultural context in their work?
1: Yeah, so one thing I, I try to do, I mean, there, there are two things. One, in terms of infusing it, there are a million ways to do it in the work. So you know, you can literally stop a narrative and give a paragraph or backstory or context. I've done that in stories. The, the way that I try to go about those things is, you know, make sure that it's threaded in a way so that if I am asking the reader to pause and then follow this thread of context that they need and and I think it's necessary and then they go back to the story, um, it's gotta be a payoff. By the end of it, when they go back to the story, they have to be glad that they read that. They have to be glad that it was there and it has to be written in a really engaging way. So that is a challenge, right? So if I choose to go that route as an example, like just know that you're gonna have to work on it because it has to be smooth, it has to be seamless, and, and the reader needs to be like, I'm glad that was there, I'm glad it was that I read it, and then it enriches the rest of the story because it actually impacts what I'm going to continue to read. There are ways to do it more seamlessly, again, just through the world you've set up for your characters, and all of a sudden now, the conflict itself is infused with these layers of culture or place or social issues or, or historical things that have happened, however you choose to use them, um, and you can have them sort of there, um, and and you know they're very concrete examples. I and mean, that's more of a craft sort of seminar type of conversation. But um, I try to tell the students like technique matters, like how you use it because once you find the thing and once you're interested in the thing, you have to make it interesting for your reader. It's not enough that the thing inherently is interesting. How you introduce it is. So that is one way that I that I sort of engage with it. The other thing I try to tell students is the beauty of getting good at like thinking of social cultural context as something that you're consciously engaging with in your work it's going to free up your ability to write about different people and about people who are not you people who are very different from you because i think the mistake people make is they use the social cultural context as the the vehicle the center for the other what they think of what we think of as the other anybody who's not us who doesn't look like us who doesn't think like us who doesn't grow up we didn't grow up like us you know, about across all layers of identity and intersections of identity. So there's a lot of fear, you know, that I think people have about writing about those characters, particularly when it comes to power dynamics, right? If, if the character we're writing is someone who in the real world would not have as much power or privilege as, as we do. Um, but what social contract does is it gives you the layers. It, it is not what you define the character through. And that's the other thing I would say is I don't think of social or cultural context at the thing that defines the character because that the, that's the mistake. The character is a fully fleshed, complex human being first. I don't care what the race is, their gender is, their lives, or conflicts should be grounded in the things of narrative, right? Like the thing, the interpersonal, the, the what they're after, and the failures and everything else, their fears, etc. That should never change. That should always be at the center. The other mm-hmm. things can inform the way that they interact with the world, the way that other characters see them, etc. But it should not be the sole defining thing, and that's where people get into stereotypes and all that other stuff. I think it's social cultural context. When you get good at it, allows you to still do the empathy and imagination and everything you need to do with character, but adding those layers can make it feel um, like fuller. Basically, like you're just arbitrarily making a character a woman or black or old or young, but they're actually the reason you've chosen that is because there are all these other things that come with it um, that are part of it. Um, So anyway, it's, it's, it's both scary and freeing, I think, to to think about those things.
0: That's interesting, because I always, when I have, when I'm working with a student, and they're having trouble thinking through the kind of the, the internal world of a character, I'll oftentimes have them think through some of the internal world of themselves first, so that they can begin to name that and know that because if they're not used to interrogating or thinking of their own internal worlds in that way they're going to have a very difficult time describing it to others so this is somewhat similar if you cannot describe or interrogate your own context you're not going to be able to write someone else's because you're not, even, you're not going to understand how someone exists within that context except in a very false way
1: yeah and that's fascinating i'm glad you do that with students about themselves <laughs> it is one of the hardest things with writers i find yeah. Um, you know, how can you explore somebody's family if you haven't done that with your, with your own,
0: yeah. how
1: can it? it's right. hard, right? It's like, there's pain, there's, there's darkness, there, but the contradictions, the layers, the things that are complicated, right. That we discover about ourselves, about our families, about our, the world. Uh, those are things that we'll find. That's our sensibility in a way. That's how we develop. I use that word in, in class two. We don't think about imagination and sensibility as incredible incredibly important craft tools as well, because your sensibility dictates your tone, your voice, your, your focus, uh, what you write about, you know, what you choose for your characters. I mean, that is, that is ultimately what would, you know, it's who you are that determines where you want to go with, with your writing and your imagination as well. How, how much are you willing to push? And I don't think of imagination as sitting around waiting for ideas to come imagination is looking for things it's saying I am curious I'm going to search I'm going to read I'm going to ask I'm going to interrogate and when I hit on that thing that there's something there I don't know how it's going to work but and then I'm going to go and put it into the writing and see if it does work and sometimes it doesn't but that's the idea the idea is that you're doing both this external uh, external and internal work to be able to layer things to be able to complicate characters Uh, And to me, that's the juice. I mean, I, you know, I also find it like when writers sort of be like, oh, that's hard or I don't know, you know, and I'm like, that's what being a writer is, at at least to me. That's why I'm a writer. I want to ask questions and I want to be in the messiness and I want it to be, you know, hard and and dark and, but also hopeful and beautiful and like all these other things are also part of it. So anyway, I I think, yeah, social consciousness is not this like theoretical or a very like serious societal thing you have to add. Uh, it it is just who we are. It, it's just that some of us for whatever reason um, haven't instead of being asked to, to, to interrogate those things. But if you're a yeah. writer, you should be doing that every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you enjoy it more because you'll be creating a fuller work, a fuller world, everything. And you'll be able to feel it, I think. If you, you, if you, you learn you're
1: how to it more than understanding the world better or even yourself better than that hopefully is a side effect i actually yeah. think it allows you to ask better questions i think you get better at asking questions because there are certain things you already have figured out and or at least yeah. learn or at least accept it for yourself so the more you interrogate the more you're the, the question is a lot deeper it's what i tell students don't go with the first thing like you know the first thing i mean you can have it but but oftentimes it's not the best thing right when you read a draft and you realize this is superficial or this isn't complicated or it's often that you just went with the first thing that came to mind. And I'm like, yeah, you could do it in a draft, but writing is you got to, you know, by the time you get to the fifth thing and then out of the five, three of them are in the story, you know, and um, that is where you are. And I think asking questions is something that writers have to be really good at because you have to ask questions of your characters, of your plot, of yourself, of the conflict. And then also the what if, I, I like the, the, the why, why this, why that? And then what if, what if, okay, that's, that's great. That's a great plot point. But what if I yeah. also added this other thing or I also complicated it in this way or this other character did this thing and now I have to, my character has to contend with that. So anyway, th- those are the things that I think are important for writers. Uh, in social cultural context is something where it, it's the place where asking questions. It really, the kinds of questions you ask really will dictate what you end up using.
0: Great. Great. Fantastic. We're I'm, we're going to have to go. This was, I love this. This is, this is so good. Thank you so much, Daryl. Um, you can find our full March writing challenge schedule on our Substack page at 7amnovelist.substack.com. You can subscribe there for updates. And if you want to join our daily webinars in March, email me at 7amnovelist.substack.com. You can also find the podcast version of these webinars on Spotify, Apple, and other podcast platforms. And if you really like what we're doing, please follow, rate, and review our podcast so that other people People can find us all right dario are you What's gonna be able to get some writing done today
1: yes i'm planning i have a scene in my novel that's kicking my butt and I, i'm gonna go and of see
0: so <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right good luck with that and thank you everyone let's get you back to your writing chairs happy writing